It's another moment on evangelism made easy. And before we start, let's pray. Let's say a prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment. We are grateful, Father, for the things you do in our lives. We thank you for yet another opportunity to come before your presence. We thank you, Father, for the things you've been teaching us in your word. And today we ask, Father, that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we might understand your word and even apply it to our lives in the name of Jesus. Help us to see the urgency in reaching people with the gospel to the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I welcome you all to this platform again. And, um, you know, we've been on a series for some couple of weeks now. And we've been talking about a series, Evangelism Made Easy. Okay. So, the point behind all of these is that evangelism as it is, is not a tedious work. Why? Because the church is not the one doing the saving. The church is not the one saving the people. The church is rather the medium through which God saves the people. Okay? It is God who saves people. It is not the church. All the church does is to preach the gospel. All the church does is to tell people about the love of Christ. That is all the church does. Okay? So when the church rises up to this responsibility, God steps in along the line to help the person make a decision to follow him. So salvation as it is, is the main work of the Spirit of God in evangelism. It is the work of the Spirit of God in evangelism. So we've been talking about a few things, you know, recently. And um, from this series, we've looked at what is evangelism, what is evangelism, and what isn't evangelism. And also we talked about who is to evangelize? Is it the pastors alone? Is it the bishop? Is it the pope? Is it church leaders? Who is to evangelize? We've looked at that and also we talked about who is to be evangelized? Who is to be evangelized? So when you look at these episodes from episode one, what is and isn't evangelism? When you know what evangelism is, who then should evangelize okay when the church gets to know what the meaning of evangelism is all about then she has to come into the line to reach people with the gospel okay and then in episode three i talked about who is to be evangelized who is to be evangelized when the church gets to know what is and isn't evangelism then she makes the decision to step into the line to reach people with the gospel so that God can save the people. And once that is done, we now move on to who is to hear the gospel? Who should hear the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And we talked about this uh, some weeks ago that the gospel is for everyone who has not met the Lord yet. The gospel is for people who are not saved. 
The gospel of salvation is for people who have no relationship with Jesus. The gospel of salvation is for people who don't have anything to do with Christ. Okay, so we talked about all of these. And then today I'm going to be starting episode 5. I call it, Does God Care for the Lost? Okay, today we are going to be doing a more of questioning and answering at the same time. Okay, that is what the episode is all about. Does God care for the lost? Does God care about the lost? The church can ask this question when she gets to know what is evangelism, when she gets to know who is responsible for letting people hear the gospel, when she gets to know who should hear the gospel, then she can now ask herself, does God really care for the lost? As much as unbelievers are asking this question, there are believers who ask this question, they want to know if God actually cares about the lost. But the focus of today is the questions that unbelievers ask. Does God care for me? Does God care if I perish? Does God give a damn about me? Does God have me in mind? Does God have any plan as to my salvation? Okay, so this is what we will be looking at uh, briefly today. And we'll continue on like that for subsequent times. Praise God. So today, we are looking at, does God care for the lost? Does God care for the lost? Does Jesus care for the lost? If God is asking the church to reach out to the lost, do we take that as he cares for them? Do we take that as he is mindful of them? Do we take that as he has their salvation plan in mind? These are questions that we need to answer. These are questions that we need to answer. So before we answer this question, let's answer a question that says, who are the lost? From our previous episode, we extensively talked about those whom the church has been called to reach out to. Most of these people are part of the church, yet some are found within the church even as they continue to live in sin. Some are found within the church even as they continue to live in sin. You know, some of them have gone back to their old way of life. Some of them have embraced their old way of life. Some of them don't find any, you know, tangible reason if they really want to follow the Lord. There are people like that within the church of Christ. There were people who never heard about the Lord before the disciples approached them with a message about Christ. So indeed, there are people who never heard of Christ. For these people, we can classify them under the lost. People who never heard of Christ. People who never had the privilege to have the gospel ministered to them. Basically, the lost are classified into three. Number one, the unreached who never heard of Christ. The unsaved, that is number two now, the unsaved who might have, 
but hasn't made a decision to follow the Lord yet. And the backsliding who is saved, but somehow took a step off. The backsliding who is saved, you know, along the line in his or her Christian journey, he or she got deceived at some point. He or she was lured into sin again. And then the whole story became different. So does God care about these people? Praise the Lord. Does God care about these people? The word lost as used here does not mean lost that cannot be found. The idea of this lost that I am talking about is not the kind that, you know, when people complain I misplaced certain things, basically they are worried because they know they can't find it anymore. But in this context, I am talking about the fact that the care and the love that God has for unbelievers is so much that he will do all he has to do in order to bring them to Christ. However, when you begin to talk about reaching people with the gospel, the question of these people I want to reach for Christ, does God really care so much about them? Does God care so much about them? So we've talked about three categories of the lost, the unreached who never heard of Christ, the unsaved who, the, the unsaved who might have heard but has not made a decision to follow the Lord yet. And also um, the backsliding who sometimes gave his soul life to Christ but stepped back and took, you know, a step off the pack, off the gathering of believers. And then it becomes a different story. Okay, the word lost as used here does not mean lost but can't be saved like I mentioned earlier. The word is a compound word housing the unreached, the unsaved, and the backsliding. This noun reminds me of a parable the Lord gave in one of the Gospels regarding the lost coin. In Luke chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. In Luke chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. That story wasn't meant to be focused on the woman alone who had the lost coin, but as little as the coin might be, it was important. It was very important. And there was a diligent search until it was found. More so, the joy that came afterward after she found the coin. The coin was lost and became out of reach at a point in time, but was later found. So in this context, we are not talking about something that has been lost and cannot be found anymore. But we are talking about something that can be lost or something that has already been lost and has every probability to be found. Something that has been lost and can still be found. So we are now relating it to the souls out there, the people out there who have not heard of the gospel, the people out there who have not been reached with Jesus. The people out there who are called unsaved. They have not had the opportunity to come to Christ. The gospel has not yet reached out to them. Okay, this is very important. This is very important. The lost people of the world are lost. 
but not that they can't be found. So the church does not have to give up on them because they are lost. If the woman gave up on her lost coin, it could never be found again. But she reached out even as she took extra steps. You see that? She reached out to look for the coin. She took extra steps to look for the coin. And she didn't just look for it, but she, you know, she searched for it diligently, as the scripture said. She searched for it diligently. That is what the church must do. That is what the church must do. No Christian is called to remain within the four corners of the church. Because the battle is not within the church. The building is only a platform where they operate from. The battles are in the field and must be fought there. Okay, so the woman took extra steps looking for her lost coin. She took extra steps. The Bible says she searched diligently. She looked for the coin diligently and she found it. She looked for the coin diligently. She found it. She went out of her comfort zone to look for the coin. She left her comfortability to look for the coin. And you could just imagine her turning everywhere upside down within her room. And she found the coin. She found the coin. Therefore, in general, we can say, the lost are those who do not have any form of relationship with Christ yet. And they seem to be okay with it. The lost are people who don't have any form of relationship with Jesus and unfortunately, most of them are okay with it. Most of them, you know, feel comfortable with it. And we will be looking at why the church needs to step in the line. Okay, we will be looking at why the church needs to step in the line in order to reach these people. As seen in Romans chapter 1. Paul, the apostle, gave a list of character and attitude of people who do not know God. And one of the basic things that he, th uh, the, the, one of the basic things he mentioned about them is that they have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, and no mercy. That is in verse 31. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and also in verse 4, Paul said vividly, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Here he makes it clear that the gospel is basically hidden from the lost and then he went on to qualify them. Those who are lost are those whom the God of this world has blinded their minds away from the truth. The people who are lost according to this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 4, when you look at this scripture you will understand that Paul the apostle makes it clear that the God, those whom the God of this world has blinded their minds are those who are lost. They are the people who are lost to the gospel message. They are the people who have been, you know, living in darkness. 
the light of the gospel has not yet been shown to them they are still living in darkness so those whom the god of this world has blinded their minds away from the truth are those who are the lost they are lost to the gospel only if the church does not take it to them they are not permanently lost no sinner is permanently lost except such person is not being reached out to with the gospel and if such person is not being reached out to with the gospel it means the church is not working because the chain of salvation is that before somebody must hear about christ before somebody must have come to terms with himself to accept jesus as lord and savior he or she has to hear the gospel and that they cannot hear the gospel except the church takes it to them okay so they are lost to the gospel only if the church does not take it to them their minds are blinded and they cannot perceive the gift god has for them in christ their minds are darkened their minds are veiled their minds are covered they cannot understand they cannot see clearly you know they, they are just lost these people are lost these people are lost these people are blinded so they are called the lost because the gospel has not yet reached out to them and for some of them the gospel has reached out to them but they have not made the decision to say yes to christ yet so even at that the church does not have to relent if i have taken steps to reach out to somebody with the gospel and the person declines i don't have to relent i have to keep on pushing on i have to keep on praying i have to keep on visiting the person i have to keep on you know praying for the person so that god will make his or her heart ready for the gospel this is very important we don't give up on sinners because they decline the gospel message we keep on reaching out to them we keep on praying for them so that they can finally realize that they need the savior jesus christ the word blinded as used by apostle paul is the word for to flow in the greek and it means to blunt the mental discernment to darken the mental discernment so when the mind is blunt there will be mental diffusion when the mind is blunt you know the person doesn't think properly when the mind is blunt when the mind is darkened there is darkness the person cannot see clearly this then is the state of every lost person out there they are lost because the gospel has not reached them yet some of them are lost because the gospel has reached out to them but they have not made the decision to say yes to jesus some of them are lost because they are already christians yet still living in their old way of life they are lost and they have to come back to jesus okay they have to come back to jesus so to now answer this question why would god want to care for them why would god want to care for an unbeliever what has the person done to deserve the love of god why would god want to care for a sinner why would god want to love a sinner why would god want to be mindful of a sinner 
The unsaved people are helpless people whom like a little baby needs to be cared for. The unsaved people, they are like little babies who, you know, then, then at some point they need guidance and they need to be loved. Though most of them are mature physically, yet within they are lost and always want to behave like it. They need urgent help and must be attended to quickly. They are in such a, a state where attention must be given them with immediate effects. Jesus, our Lord, knew this when he said to his disciples, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one, you, you know, there shall be one flock and one shepherd. That is in John chapter 10 verse 16. Jesus said, other sheep I have also. Other sheep I have also. The word other as used in the passage is the word for allos in the Greek. And it means, it means, you know, different. It means something entirely different. Something entirely different. From previous verses to verse 16, before verse 16 of John chapter 10. Jesus talks about his own sheep as he calls them my sheep. As he calls them my sheep. Here the word he used, that is the word my, that he used is the word for emos in the Greek. It means mine. This one belongs to me. So he qualified them. My sheep. You are my sheep. That is in the previous verses before verse 16. So he put a difference between my sheep and other sheep. However, the focus of this is the phrase used by Christ when he said, I have other sheep. I have other sheep. Why would Christ go as far as referring to other sheep different from his own sheep as I have? Have you thought of this? Why would Christ say, I have other sheep? Why would Christ go as far as referring to them as other sheep? Does he have them yet? Do they belong to him yet? Okay, it's because he cares for them. The answer is simple and clear. It is because Christ cares for them. Other sheep I have, other sheep I have, they are my sheep. But the difference between them and those who are with me is that they are not yet with me. So the only distinction between the lost and Christians is that when one group is with the master, the other group has not yet identified with the master. Yet Christ still calls them other sheep I have, other sheep I have. So it's obvious that he cares for the other sheep. It's obvious that he cares and he loves the other sheep. It is because the lost one is as important and valuable as the one still with the master. The sheep that is lost is important and also valuable as those with the master. So in other words, we can say unbelievers are important and valuable to Jesus as Christians are to Christ. Unbelievers are important and valuable to Christ as believers as Christians are to Jesus. This is very important. 
Why would he care anyways? That's what we want to look at here. Even in the gospel according to St. Luke, we still see Christ saying, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save. His mission was clear. He came to seek and to save. His mission was clearly stated. So to save, there has to be a seeking for him. Before he could save the people that he came to save, there has to be a seeking for him. He had to go ahead to seek for them. Okay? There has to be a seeking for him. If the church cannot and will not seek for the lost, let her take the salvation of the lost out of the line completely. If the church is not ready to go out and seek for the lost, let her take salvation out of her agenda for the society. Let her take salvation out of her agenda for the community. Because if we don't go to seek the lost, how can they be saved? If a believer, if a, if a, if a Christian does not reach out to an unbeliever and preach Christ to the person, how can the person be saved? So Jesus understood his mission. He came to seek and he came to save. He had to seek for them first. He had to seek for them first. This is very crucial. So if the church cannot seek for the lost, let her take salvation plan out of her line completely. Seeking must come before salvation. Seeking must come before salvation. And seeking is not done within the church. It is done outside the church where the battle for ownership lies. Seeking the lost is done outside the church. It is not done within the church. So you cannot remain within the church from, from, from the beginning of the year till the end of the year and you claim to be praying for unbelievers and expect them to be saved. Yes, you are doing good, but you are not doing right. We have to come to a point where we must seek to stop doing good as much as good is good. We have to start doing what is right. And the Bible tells us that if a believer knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it becomes sin to him. Okay, so battles are not fought within the comfortable zone. Battles are not fought. Battles are not fought and cannot be won within. They are fought without. We cannot seek for the lost by remaining in the church. We don't want to go out to reach out to these people. We cannot keep on saying we expect people to be saved while we remain in the church from the beginning till the end of the year, from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. And there is no measures to reach people with the gospel. That is not right. That is not right. Seeking must come before salvation. And seeking, like I said, is not done within the church. That is the church building. Seeking is not done within the church building. It is done outside the church where the battle for ownership lies. The devil is fighting to retain them. God wants to bring them to his kingdom. And so we look at that from uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. That we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus Christ. This is very important. There is a translation. 
So two kingdoms are involved here. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness that belongs to the devil and also the kingdom of light that belongs to Christ. The battle for ownership is raging. The battle for ownership is raging. Day by day, the battle for ownership is raging. And the church cannot claim to be praying for the lost to be saved without going out to seek for them to be saved. So what do we see from creation? To answer the question of why would God want to care for the lost, we must understand that from creation, humans were made in the image and in the likeness of God. That is, they were created after his character and attributes. This has nothing to do with God's physical structure, if only he has one. God doesn't have a physical structure, so when we say People are made or created in the image of God. We are talking about his attributes. We are talking about attributes that are transferable. Attributes that are communicable. That is what we talk about. For humans to be made in God's image means that they are still part of him. Even when they are lost, the whole human race is made in the image and likeness of God irrespective of whom they claim to serve. Even if somebody is serving the devil, the person was not created in the image of the devil. The person was created in the image of God. So to answer the question, why would God want to care for the lost? We have to know that every lost person out there was made in the image of God. Every lost sinner out there was made in the image of God. Everyone was made in the image of God. So that means that they still have a sense of God within them. They still have a sense and understanding of God within them. <laughs> that means at some point they will realize that they need to go back to the Creator through the Savior. Somehow, 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 they will come to realize someday that they need the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is very important. They will come to realize this. They will come to realize this. But for this to happen, the gospel must first be introduced to them. For this to happen, there has to be a seeking. For this to happen, there has to be a seeking. The church has to reach out to them. For this to happen, the church has to take extra steps. Just like the woman who had the lost coin reached out to them. Just like the shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one was missing. And he, the Bible says he left 99 and went after one. He went after. He went after. The church has to go after. If unbelievers must come suddenly to realize that they need Jesus, the church must reach out to them. The church must reach out to them. The church must seek to save them through the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is very paramount. This is very paramount. So from creation till date, man's mind 
has been blunt by the God of this world and needs the interruption of the gospel to redirect his steps back to God. Okay, thus the creator is still seeking for man to set his gaze upon him as he does that through the son Jesus Christ. And of course, the church as a medium through which this must take place. So what is the point to this? Peter, one of the apostles, makes a striking revelation about Christ in his second epistle to the church as he said, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. So from the B part of this verse, we note the following. Number one, God is patient. Number two, God does not want anyone to perish. Number three, God wants people to come to repentance. To begin with, God cares for the lost because he does not want anyone to perish. God cares for people. God cares for the unbelievers out there in the street because he simply does not want anyone to perish. The word perish as used in, in this verse is the word for apolumai in the Greek. It means to destroy or to render useless. Can you imagine? God cannot watch people being rendered useless because everyone he created is at some point useful even if they haven't found out why they exist yet. Everyone, every single human being that God has created, every single human being that God has created is useful, is useful. So God cannot watch unbelievers to be rendered useless. God cannot watch unbelievers to be de destroyed completely. God cannot watch. God cannot watch. He will not watch unbelievers to be destroyed, not to be rendered useless. Okay? So this is, this is, the, this is the heart of this. They are useful. Unbelievers are still useful. He loves them. He cares about them. He cares about them. He cares about them. After successfully, you know, Telling the parable of the lost coin in Luke chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus wrapped it up as he gave a meaning to his parable. Now listen to what he said. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, over one sinner who repents. This noun is to tell you how valuable that lost coin was to the woman. This is now to tell you how valuable that lost sheep, just one, was to the shepherd. So there is joy in the presence of the angels of God in heaven over one sinner who repents. If the salvation of one lost soul can cause the whole heaven to rejoice. The heart of God can really be troubled if a sinner is to be rendered useless. Does the church know this? Does the church know the urgency of, 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 of the gospel reaching people? You know, does the church understand this? 
that as much as God and the angels still rejoice over one sinner who repent, who turn from, you know, ungodliness to Christ, over one sinner who turns from darkness to light, also it can pain the heart of God to watch a sinner being rendered useless. That is what this verse is saying. And Jesus made it very plain, very plain. Why? Because he is not willing that anyone should perish. He is not willing that anyone should perish. For this reason, he is patient. Wow. For this reason, he is patient. For this reason, he is patient. If it will take eternity for God, listen to this. If it will take eternity for God to wait for a lost soul to be saved, he would give all he has to eagerly wait for it. If it will take a hundred years for a sinner to be saved, if it will take God to wait a hundred years for a sinner to be saved, he would do it. So in 2 Peter 3, 9, the word patient, the word patient there is translated to be of a long spirit, not to lose heart. You see, God is not going to lose heart concerning any sinner too soon. Hey, God is not willing to lose heart concerning any unbeliever too soon. God is not willing to lose heart concerning any lost soul out there too soon. So don't sit and fold your arms and say, uh, God will keep waiting and he, he, he will just wait in vain. Even if it's going to cause him to wait in vain, God will wait for a single soul to be saved. God would rather prefer for a single soul to be saved. He would wait for as long as it takes. He can wait for a sinner to finally realize, even after 30 years, that he or she needs the Savior. More so, in that same verse, the word repentance is translated as a change of mind. A change of mind. As it appears to one who repents of a purpose he or she has formed or of something he or she has done. Why would God ever care for these people to be saved? Because he wants them to have a change of mind as soon as possible. He wants them to have a change of mind. They've got to turn from darkness to light. And the scripture I talked about earlier, we, we can see this in the book of Acts as it is written, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Acts 26 verse 18. Let's take that reading again. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Why does God care so much for the lost? There has to be a turning. There has to be a turning. Unbelievers have to turn. Unbelievers have to turn. The lost have, you know, they have to turn. They have to turn. There has to be a turning from darkness to light, 
from darkness to light, from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. Why does God care for them? He wants them to turn. He wants them to turn from darkness to light. He wants them to turn from the power of Satan to God. He wants them to turn. He cares for them because he wants them to receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in him. When, when you look at this verse, you would understand vividly that the care and the love that God has for the lost is just so enormous. It's something that the church must sit down and look at. If God so much care for these people, if God so much love these people, then I have to do the same. Why all of this? The salvation of the lost is paramount and there is only one way through which they can be saved. Now, listen to this. The salvation of the lost is very important and there is only one way through which they can be saved. That way is Christ and only Christ. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no name given under heaven unto men. There is no name given under heaven unto men by which they must be saved. Salvation isn't and cannot be found outside Christ because he's the only way to the Father. John 14 verse 6, he is the only way to the Father. He is the only way to the Father. God cares so much for the salvation of the lost as much as he cares for the believers in Christ. God cares so much for the salvation of the lost as much as he cares for the believers in Christ. So, as I round this up today, should the church care for the lost? Should the church care for the lost? If God cares for the lost, should the church care for the lost? Having established that God cares so much for the lost, it is needful if we take a closer look at the place of the, of the church in God's care for the lost. That same purpose has been divinely extended to the church and that includes his care for the lost. The church continued from where the apostles stopped even as they also continued from where Jesus stopped. It is rather a privilege to be counted and included in the salvation plan of God towards the lost. The church must come to a point where they see this as a privilege, that we are co-workers with God. If God cares for the lost, what should the church do? If God cares for the lost, what should the church do? We've got to revisit 2 Peter 3.9 again. And let me read it. He said, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, everyone, everyone to come to repentance. For the church to care for the lost, she has to follow the steps of the Lord toward fulfilling this mission. First, she must be patient. 
First, she must be patient. There is need for patience with the lost because they can be very stubborn and difficult to deal with. The lost can be difficult to deal with, I tell you. That is why leading a person to salvation is the greatest miracle ever. There must be, you know, at some point, there is a translation from one kingdom to another kingdom. There is a change of territory. There is a change of vicinity in the spirit realm. There is a transfer of power. And this happens every day. Colossians 1.13. And that isn't the work of the church. The church is not the one, like I started from the beginning of this. The church is not the one to save the people. You are not called to save the people. I am saying this. I keep on saying this for every episode I have to take so that we will understand that we can save ourselves a lot of frustrations when it comes to the matter of evangelism. That when you minister to people and they decline the message, don't get upset. Don't, uh, don't feel as though the whole thing has crashed. No. And likewise, when the person accepts the gospel and makes a decision to follow the Lord, you don't have to feel as though it was by your effort. You were a medium through which God used to reach the person. You were a medium through which God used to save the person. This is very important as well. It is God who works through the church to deliver people from the hold of darkness. Therefore, the church has been called to do as Jesus did in caring for the people. The church has been called to do the same. This has nothing to do with discrimination and condemnation. Just like we saw from episode 1, what is and isn't evangelism? Evangelism is not discrimination. Evangelism is not condemnation. Evangelism has nothing to do with being biased to people. You don't, you, don't, you don't keep the gospel to yourself. That is why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 that if the gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who are perishing. Will God hide the gospel from people? Will God keep the gospel away from people? Will God hide the, the gospel of salvation from people? Why should the church keep it from the people? So there shouldn't be discrimination. There shouldn't be condemnation. It cannot just work when it comes to the matter of evangelism. People would rather decline the gospel once they sense that they are being, you know, condemned. Only love can save the lost. And the gospel we are talking about is the gospel of love. The gospel we are talking about is not the gospel of discrimination. Okay, um, this will be a part one of this episode. I, I will still be talking about part two next week. And part two is going to be titled, How Does God Care for the Lost? How does God care for these people? However, we have to come to a point where, as a church, we understand the urgency that is on the table. We understand the urgency of this matter, that people want to be saved. People, people... People want to hear the gospel. The, the gospel doesn't have to be hidden from them. Don't sit on the gospel. As a Christian, don't sit on the gospel. Don't keep the gospel to yourself. Don't hide the gospel from people. 
If you want people to be saved, you have to go out and seek for them. The woman with the lost coin had to take steps to seek for the coin that was missing. And then she later found the coin. The shepherd had a sheep that was missing. And the Bible says he went out and left the 99 to look for them. And also I have, I have explained in this episode that we don't have to keep on remaining in the church. It is okay to keep setting ourselves on fire. It is okay to keep, you know, uh, um, doing well in the Lord. But for a whole month, you keep on remaining within the church that is the building. For Sunday meetings, you are there. For weekly meetings, you are there. And for every other outdoor programs, you are there. But you don't seem to have time to seek for the lost. You are not walking in line with God. You are not walking in line with the Savior. This is the heartbeat of Jesus. This is the heartbeat of Jesus. This is what Jesus wants the church to do. And the church cannot continue to sit still with folded arms. The church cannot continue to, to just watch the people. You know, if they will be saved, they will be saved. That is the gospel from the pit of hell. Everybody can be saved. The worst of sinner out there in the street can be saved. As worst as a person might be, the person can be saved. The reason why you are seeing that the person has not yet been saved is because you have not reached out to the person. And even if you reach out to the person with the gospel and the person declines, you have to keep on praying and still keep on visiting the person. There is hope for the salvation of every sinner. There is hope for the salvation of every sinner. So today we will stop here. Next week I will be talking about how does, how does God care for the lost. This is very important. For me, this is the heart of this episode. Okay, we will be talking about how does God really care for the lost. And I want to thank you for following so far. I want to thank you for, you know, following and even taking this um this episode out to people to listen okay i also want to encourage you as a christian the salvation of every sinner is important that has to come on top of your list of priorities if god so much prioritize reaching people with the gospel why shouldn't you as a believer okay so i want you to please help me to share this message i want you to please help me to share this message there, there are more of them on, on my YouTube page. It's titled A Force. There are episodes there that we've talked about. Okay, please do subscribe, download, listen, and share with people. You can also follow me on uh, Facebook. Just type A Force Ministries. You'll see the page. Okay, and let's together take this gospel to people. Let the church be enlightened. Let people hear this gospel. Let salvation come to them. Let there be salvation to them. The Lord bless you and I am grateful for your attention. I pray that the Lord Almighty will grant you the understanding of his word in the name of Jesus. So Father, we thank you. We are grateful for this moment. Thank you, Father, for bringing us to the end of today's episode. I pray, dear Lord, that you help us to walk with the truth that we have, you know, that you have given to us from your word. Help us, Father, 
even as we know that you care for the lost, we pray that you help us to stay within the line. Help us to stay within the line of, of, of people, you know, people who have the intention of reaching others with the gospel. Help us to so much care for these people in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We are grateful. Thank you for this privilege. We give thanks to you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you, and I hope to see you another time. Bye for now.